Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we talk about taking a large group to Disney World, getting that Rise of the Resistance boarding group, dining reservations, and a lot more. Find all episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so at no cost by using me as your travel agent so I can do all the hard work for you as you plan your vacations. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. You can also support the podcast by subscribing at patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered where you receive bonus trip reports and content. Connect with us anytime DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So on today's episode, we are going to talk about a situation that happens a lot at Disney World Sometimes you are there for a big family reunion or a big group of friends and you have large groups. So we want to talk about some of our thoughts on what you can do to best make things go smoothly if you're with a large group. Now for a large group, I'm thinking 10 plus. I think that is already big enough. I know some people go with groups as large as like 25, 30, maybe even more for big family reunions, but we're talking about 10 plus. For the most part, most people are like between 10 and 15 when you have a large group. So we'll kind of be uh, focusing on that. Now, I haven't been to Disney World in a large group since I was a child. I don't know. Leslie, I know you travel with relatives sometimes, but have you been 10 plus any time in the last like five years or so? Not that big lately. I am actually currently planning a Disneyland vacation with nine people, and that has just about broken me. So (laughs) I sympathize with those of you guys who are planning for like massive, massive groups. I did go many times as a child. My whole extended family on my mom's side, her siblings and their kids, my cousins, we all used to go to Disney World together. And so now I uh, am very grateful to grandma and grandpa for hurting that many cats because it is a lot. Well, you're planning for nine. We'll round up and uh, call that 10. You know, I think that's uh, pretty good. We also put this question out to our Patreon Facebook group and got a couple of thoughts from there. So we'll be sprinkling those in as we are talking. If you want to support us, you can subscribe on patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered. Uh, You can receive bonus content. And we also have a Patreon group where we chat about stuff from time to time. Okay, so let's get started and, you know, let's talk about the biggest decision you need to make as you're planning a trip for a big group, and that is, you know, where are you going to stay? I would start by saying that if you 
have enough time in advance, if you're 11 months in advance or at least seven months in advance, it might be worth looking at renting DVC points for a suite or maybe two suites, depending on the size of your group. You're going to end up paying the same amount as you would for normal rooms, but you might be able to get a little bit more room. So I would start there. That is a, a thing that is worth looking into saving money. However, you know, renting DVC points can be stressful because there is a very strict cancellation policy. But I think that is mitigated when you have a large group because if you have a large group and you have committed to be going November 1st through November 5th, even if some people in that large group bail, hopefully enough people will still go that you don't have to worry about cancellation. Yeah, that's a good tip. I mean, the other thing to think about when planning for a large group is I know a lot of folks will be planning around the school schedule. So they may be going, you know, at a peak time if they're having something like a family reunion so it might be harder to rent dvc points so you got to plan that much earlier in advance if that's something that you want to pursue yeah i think the next thing to think about if you're going with a large group is to really think about going off-site you know we've said many times that staying off-site you can rent an entire house you can rent a couple apartments for less money than you would pay to stay on site at disney world coincidentally i was in another facebook group that is not a disney based Facebook group, but it is a travel Facebook group. And someone was saying that they had to go to Disney World for a wedding this October and they were looking for a place to stay. For those of you who are up on the news, you know that October is the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. So Disney hotel rooms are really scarce right now. And this person said that they found a two-bedroom suite at the Sheraton Vistana for $500 and that there were a ton of them. So for the same price as a normal-sized room at a deluxe resort, they are getting a two-bedroom suite, which is a ton more space. If you think about like with a large group, you know how much money you're going to save if you're doing that and uh, how much extra space are you going to get. So staying off-site, another tip. Yeah, for sure. There's This is where you can really take advantage of the economies of scale of the savings of offsite. I mean, it doesn't make sense often for my family of four to stay offsite because, you know, we're just not saving that much. But when you start bringing in this many people and, you know, you have different groups and generations and families who are maybe sharing bedrooms or twin beds, you know, cousins, things like that. This is when it's really awesome. And, you know, the DVC units they don't have that many bedrooms. You're not going to get the five-bedroom house that you can get off-site. So definitely important, I think, more than any other travel group to look at what's available off-site. Yeah, Nick mentioned this in our Facebook group. You know, He said that their group of 10 rented a house about 10 minutes away with a screened-in pool, uh, and that was great for them. They were there for one of the Run Disney races and you know, he said exactly what you said, Leslie, that large groups, you know, they have the benefit of splitting costs and rental cars. So it's that economy of scale that you said. Now, I know a lot of people are still going to want to stay just on Disney property and get regular rooms at a Disney hotel. If you do that, which is, of course, fine, I think in general, sometimes it's just fun to all be on site together. And it is more convenient, especially if you're staying at a deluxe resort and you might have a more convenient way to get home at the end of the night, especially if you split up, which we'll talk about later. I will note that you or your travel agent can get you what's called a travel with number that links all your rooms together. Uh, And so that is useful to try to get like all in the same general vicinity, same general section of the hotel. If you want that, you know, you might want space. Um, And so that is okay as well. Now, in terms of kind of making sure that the group is consolidated and ready, you know, what is kind of something that 
every large group needs to make sure they do before they get to Disney World on their trip? So every large group needs to make sure that you are all linked up on My Disney Experience on MDE. You can add friends and therefore you can see everybody else's, you know, reservations and plans and even fast passes when those are a thing, maybe again. <laughs> we don't know how, what they'll be like in, in coming months and years. But yeah, you just add friends and family. You link up all the different My Disney Experience accounts. I personally travel sometimes with my parents to Disney World, and they don't have their own MDE. They're not going to manage it themselves. So I've just added them under mine. So think about like who sort of is responsible enough to have an MDE <laughs> and that you want to link up with and then who can just be, you know, a sub person on your account. Yeah. The other thing is it is Disney IT, so it can be pretty frustrating. If you have a really large family trip, you might want to consider removing all your other family and friends just for the duration of the trip. If there's enough people, you know, you maybe not want to deal with all these other friends and family that are linked. So, you know, that's another suggestion I would say, maybe consolidate your friend list. Uh, it is a bit of a pain. And if you have to call in, then it's a real pain. You know, sometimes you get duplicate accounts and things like that. But, you know, do your best to make sure that everyone is friends uh, in advance of the trip. For sure. All right, Joe, now that we've talked about hotels and technology. Let's talk about food. What tips do you have for us when it comes to dining with large groups? So of course, you're going to want to try to reserve far in advance. And by that, I mean, there's the 60 day window right now. I guess this is one argument to stay on site because if you're staying there for a week, you know, we've said this many times, 60 days before the first day of your trip, you can book dining on the last day of your trip. And so you will have a lot better luck finding dining reservations for large groups, you know, towards the end of your trip at that 60 day window. So it is very annoying. Disney has now made it so that dining reservations start at 5:45 AM Eastern. I think uh, suddenly, at least for me, I would be better off living on the West coast. Cause I'd rather stay up till 2:45 than wake up at four, 5:45 AM to get these dining reservations. The nice thing is though, if you're staying on site, you can do your entire trips worth of reservations at 5.45 a.m. that first day. And of course, you only really need one person to do it for the entire group. But that is kind of the first tip in terms of making dining reservations. All right. So speaking of dining, the other thing we have to talk about is when you're that big of a group, it's going to be really hard to dine at the peak dinner hour, the peak lunch hour. I mean, I don't even know what the limit is for some of these restaurants, like how big their tables are and how many people they'll even let you reserve for. And some of your groups may just practically be too big. So the first thing you ought to think about is just dining at off-peak times. So looking for, you know, being willing to have dinner at five or maybe really late if you're an all adults group, something like that. So so be prepared to be flexible because I think if you want to have dinner at 630 and lunch at noon, you're going to bump up against some real challenges in making reservations. What do you think, Joe? Sam just said this, you know, when he was talking about weather in the last episode, but, you know, he was saying how he and his wife often dine at like random off-peak times because if you eat dinner early at like 3.30 or 4 in the summer, you have a better chance of having less rain at night than at like 4 to 5 p.m. So I think the same tips can go for dining with large groups. You know, you eat at off-peak times and then 
if you're in the summer, which a lot of these large groups, of course, are going to be because of kids' schedules and things like that, that kind of helps you to avoid some of that rough weather in Disney in the summer as well. That's a good point. It also can save you some money, too, because you may only have two big meals at sort of like off times and maybe can get by with like a snack for a breakfast or for a dinner or something like that. I definitely end up doing that because I find at Disney, just generally speaking, I can't eat three Disney meals a day. It's way too much food. Yeah, it's like freshman year of college. You realize it's too much uh, too late after you've already bought the uh, seven days a week, three meals a day plan, which is way too much. Now, the other thing that I would suggest is if you have a smaller large group, like maybe 14, 15, you can always also split that up into parties of four and five and just try to get – this is kind of the old fast pass reservation tip that we used to have as well. You get groups of four and five reservations within like 10, 15, 20 minutes of each other, and you'll all kind of be eating at the same time. Maybe they'll be able to combine tables. You know, I think that's another way to get those reservations, especially I've I've found that now that I have to search for a table of five, it's a lot harder than a table of four. So you can always search for like one less and hope that they might be able to add a chair on or, you know, try to make it work, uh, sneak your way in that way. One final note on dining for any parties of six or more an 18% gratuity is automatically added. So just something to bear in mind as you are doing that. Now, the biggest and most stressful thing for most parties at Disney World is getting that Rise of the Resistance boarding group at 7 a.m. in the morning. So Leslie, is there anything that people need to know about large groups in terms of getting that Rise of the Resistance boarding group besides the normal tips that we have? Please check out Leslie's article on tripswithtikes.com. That's right. So, I mean, I think some people have been concerned about how many people can they get a boarding group for, and Lynn Testa of Touring Plans has confirmed that there is not an upper limit right now. So it sounds like if you've got like the big family reunion, one person can be trying for everybody. And the other thing you need to know is that when you're going through that boarding group process, when you're you know going through the different steps and you refresh your screen and it shows you to create your party and it has a list of all of the people that are on your account, the names that have a reservation for Hollywood Studios that day will be pre-checked because if you hesitate at that create your party screen and check and, you know, try to try to toggle it out, you won't get a boarding group. You cannot wait even for a split second. So the good news is if people who are linked in your My Disney Experience account, if their tickets are linked up, they have a reservation for Hollywood Studios for the day, they will all be pre-checked and you can just hit join and get to that next screen. Now, if for some reason something goes wrong with that and you find out there's one person missing, That that's when you can go to, you know, guest services. And I am very confident in that kind of a situation that that can be sorted out, especially with a big group. Obviously, no promises, but Disney's aware of these kind of tech bugs on occasion, I think. Yeah, and this is where we say for like the 70th time that if you're with a group getting Rise of the Resistance – Get as many people as possible trying for that boarding group at the same time. You know, even in a family of five, you know, my wife and I would both be trying to get it. I know Leslie and her husband, they try to get it together at the same time. With the bigger group, pick four or five reliable people in your group that, you know, you think can wake up at 7 a.m., can do this, can handle the tech. Just more shots at it is going to give you a better chance of getting it so that if there is something that goes wrong, it doesn't affect everybody. That's right. And I will admit to even helping friends from afar myself, at least for Disneyland. So I had a friend who was going solo and 
I linked up her ticket on my account and I was helping from home. So if you have a Disney friend, uh, you know, somebody who's an expert at home, they can possibly help you in that regard too. So, you know, I think that sometimes for, for newbies, it's, it's pretty uh, intimidating. Okay, Joe, well, let's talk touring the parks with big groups. What kind of advice do you have for folks? Well, if FastPass existed, I would say try to get you know your three FastPasses together so that you can ride together. Of course, that does not exist right now, so I cannot say that. However, I will say that with a large group, you're not going to be able to rope drop. Like That whole group is not going to be able to rope drop. So I would just say that as a group, you know, you really want to agree like these are maybe like the two, three attractions we want to do together per day. And like, let's meet there at this time. Yes, you're probably going to have to wait in longer lines, but I think just pick certain times that you're going to meet up. You know, maybe you meet for a meal and then after that meal, you will do the next ride together. You know, have those times that you plan to meet up. Do not try to go all together all day. That's just, in my opinion, a recipe for disaster. So it's going to depend on your group. Maybe you are all early risers and you can all rope drop together, which would be great. But I think in general, you know, that way people who want to rope drop can go rope drop. People who want to roll in late can roll in late. But then we all meet up at two o'clock for lunch and, you know, ride a couple rides together from three to five. You know, that's kind of how you can tour together, but not completely together. Because I just, even in a smaller group, people are not always going to want to do the same thing. And I, I think if you try to do everything together, you're going to put so much pressure on yourselves that ultimately the likely outcome is that no one's going to have a good time. Totally agree. It gets really frustrating, even in a group of, say, you know, two families that I've done before, and and it really slows you down, and somebody's got to take a bathroom break, and you've got kids of different ages and, you know, differing interests, or, you know, somebody's scared of this roller coaster, or somebody doesn't want to do this kiddie ride. It really can be a lot to manage, and ultimately, nobody's happy when that is how it's going. So, I mean, one thing I really like about a big group is, especially if you're going with, say, like a lot of different families... And my kids are getting, my oldest at least is getting big enough that I can trust her to go off in the Disney park for a while is like, you can let the teenagers or the tweens like get together and all go ride a roller coaster together and, and then they can meet back up with the parents or something like that. So it, it's actually really a great opportunity, I think, to sort of combine different groups at different times to, you know, meet everybody's interests in the parks. Obviously, every family is different, but if you or in group as well but if you're in a family or group where you can either have a email chain or a meeting or like a zoom call before your trip just kind of setting people's expectations so that people know you know we're not going to be together the whole time we're going to meet at this time or like not everyone is going to expect to do this or that you know i think that is going to be really helpful and if you are able to and the group is willing you can always pick a leader a bit of a cruise director that can help kind of um, facilitate things. Now, of course, if you're listening to this podcast, that might end up being you. If you don't want that job, don't do that. But um, that's just another thing that you can think about doing. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to folks who are listening, but it, but it is you. So <laughs> if you're listening to a Disney podcast, unless it's, you you or, <laughs> it's you or no one. <laughs> exactly. If you want to have a good time, you've got to take the reins. I mean, that's ultimately like where I come out on, a, on my family. It's like, if I want to have the experience I know that I want to have to feel like I got my money's worth, then I have to be the one in charge. Exactly. Couple of smaller tips to round things out. Leslie, Memory Maker, remind us why that might be a good deal for a larger group. 
So Memory Maker lets you get all of your PhotoPass photos for, you know, whatever the length of your vacation is. And a large group can share it. You can buy one Memory Maker. It's $169 if you buy, I think it's three days in advance. So if you're going with a group of 20 people, that's not very much to share over the course of, say, a week's vacation. So it's a great way to get your photos, especially if you've got like a big group that you want to capture all together. I mean, that's a great time to use the PhotoPass photographers. And Joe, there's an add-on to Memory Maker as well that folks should consider. What is that? We've talked about it a few times, but uh, since Disney reopened, they started this thing called Capture Moment, where you can spend $50 for a 20-minute photo session. And I think that is something that large groups are going to really want to take advantage of. Scott M. in our Facebook group, Leslie, said, do not wear matching t-shirts. Where do you come down on the matching t-shirts situation, Leslie? Are you a pro or (laughs) anti-matching t-shirts person for these large groups? I have never worn a matching t-shirt to Disney World. Now I have for like other family reunions, but it's but it's always been in in jest, um, I would say. But you know, I know a different structure for different folks. I know a lot of people are really into the matching t-shirts. I am not particularly crafty, so I would not be making them myself. I'd be ordering them if I were to do it. But but I do try to buy Disney shirts before our vacation in fact before our last disneyland vacation for when we went right after avengers campus opened i did have several of us in marvel shirts on like the day we were going there but they were not matching so i I guess you know i failed that disney test i I know joe that you you were definitely not a matching t-shirts guy right i am not a matching t-shirts guy unless you need to do it for safety purposes it is way easier to make sure one of the little kids is not running off if they're wearing like a lime green shirt or something like that. So I think it does make sense to do it for safety purposes. And I got to say that I was on a Disney cruise with a couple of other families and they made us, you know, not me. I was not the cruise director on that particular trip. Uh, They made us get uh, matching shirts and, you know, it was okay. Uh, You can deal with it. I mean, when you're in a big group, you got to make compromises. If I had a compromise on the matching t-shirt, I can do that. All right. Way to be a team player. One last note from the Facebook group. Andy K said, I know this is a bit scandalous, but the podcast Disney World is Awesome had an episode where one of the hosts describes his experience when he was a de facto leader of a group of 26. It's episode 37. Uh, we haven't listened to it, but I trust Andy. So uh, check that out if you need further tips for someone who has been i mean that is a big group i am stressed out thinking about being the cruise director for a group of 26 yeah i haven't even listened to it yet and uh i'm already doing you know the hunger games signed <laughs> to, to someone who had to do that so yes yeah, wow <laughs> exactly exactly all right so let's uh end this large group episode with our traditional disney do or don't leslie all right so I think it's really important that you don't try to do too much, that you leave this vacation somewhat flexible with a large group. If you try to micromanage every second of a large group vacation, you're going to set yourself up for disappointment because somebody's going to be late or somebody's going to be uninterested or somebody's going to get sick with a group that big. Like the chances of getting through a week, like a week at Disney without somebody like puking is pretty small. Just try to to leave that flexibility in the 
schedule. I mean, obviously, a lot of things for Disney World have to be planned in advance, like your park reservations, et cetera, et cetera. But in terms of the minutia, the minute by minute, give yourself some some room to breathe. Yeah, I think we always say that at Disney, you don't want to try to do too much, but I think it's just even more important with a large group. You're just not going to get everything done and that's going to be okay because you're there to be together and Disney World is just kind of the place that you are together. All right, so that does it for our episode. If you've traveled in a large group and you have tips that we haven't thought of, please let us know, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at WDWDeciphered on Twitter, or find us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, and I will see you not leading a group of 26 people to Disney World. Thanks, Joe.